Hey, it's Danny Halbeck, finally for another uh, new episode of Tales from Southern Indiana. It's just been a darn long time, and uh, we've made it all the way through fall into winter. And uh, back in uh, my hometown and part of the world I grew up in, Southern Indiana, well, it's time to start hunkering down and start to think about doing even less than we've been doing when it was warmer. Um, stop doing all those chores that we you know, thought we might do earlier and probably didn't even do anyway. And uh, get ready to try to stay warm. Um, wrap the pipes underneath the house with a newspaper or what have you so they don't freeze and burst. Um, a lot of houses where I grew up didn't actually have sort of sealed foundations, and that was a problem. Um, for some reason, though, I was thinking about one of the cold weather things that was difficult when I was a boy had to do with the lack of indoor plumbing. Um, which involved, uh, obviously, you know, some alternative, which um, for folks where I lived often was outhouses. And, you know, I'll t- you ask the young people today what an outhouse is, and they might not even know what the darn thing is. But, you know, if you're listening and you don't, it's a little wooden house, uh, and it has, you know, a couple of seats with holes on it. And, uh, you know, if you're a friendly family, maybe even more than two. And that's, uh, you know, that's sort of your, your latrine with a little house on top of it. And um, it, um, it's, it's tough in the summer because it's hot and smells worse. But in the winter, uh, you can really sort of have to skedaddle quite a bit. And, uh, and, of course, you know, the older the outhouse is, the more it may be likely to splinter a little bit. And that also is a whole other problem. Uh, which uh, we don't probably even want to get into. I got to tell you that, you know, the the so-called poet laureate of Indiana, uh, James Whitcomb Riley, uh, actually wrote a poem about outhouses. I'm not going to read it because it's a little gross, but uh, it talked about, certainly in the winter, the notion that folks didn't want to stay. Now, of course, the difficulty with outhouses, among other things, was that they smelled. And you could do various things in terms of trying to, uh, you know, to use chemicals and whatnot to try to keep the, uh, the smell under control. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, your cat in a litter box. You know, you, you, you got some trade-offs here. And uh, with, uh, <laughs> with, the, with the outhouse, one of the things folks sometimes used to do was put the outhouse in the middle of their um, hog pen. Because, again, people, we were outside the city limits. People sometimes had hogs if they wanted to. And... Yeah, hog pens already smelled pretty bad, so you weren't really adding to the problem that much by having an outhouse there. However, <laughs> hogs are not always all that good-natured, and so traipsing through the pen to get to the, uh, the outhouse just sort of added more elements of danger. But maybe that was part of what people liked. You know, one of the things that was, <laughs> was dangerous about outhouses was Halloween. Halloween, people like to push, kids anyway, the outhouses over, ideally when someone was in it. Um, and I don't know that anybody ever died that way, but, you know, it, it, it seems like something that could have happened uh, in that sort of, a, sort of a deal. Now, I happen to, again, I'm visiting the old newspapers as I like to, and here's an article from 1943 in my hometown paper, the Mitchell Tribune. And the headline says, Caught in a Gale. And it, uh, it uh, talks about an incident that didn't happen near there. It happened in Pike County. It said a storm struck the other day. And considerable damage was reported. The roof of one of the churches was blown off, and the pastor of the church was caught in an outhouse during the storm. The small structure was whirled around three times, but the pastor managed to get out. But just as he escaped from the revolving outhouse, a garage door came sailing along and struck him in the face. 
So, it, it, you know, there's, he may have been relieved to get away from the smell, but uh, you never know when the next turnaround you may smack in the face with a garage door or something like that. Um, saw another article from quite a while back um, in my hometown about, well, an outhouse caught fire. Uh, and it, it, not quite sure what happened, but as often was the case in Mitchell, the fire department, volunteer fire department, uh, had to come out twice uh, to put it out. wasn't quite out the first time, and they, it, it threatened to, you know, to expand from the outhouse to well, maybe the hog pen. Who knows what else was in line uh, for for that whole that whole thing. Um, now, you know, historically, there were quite a number of different approaches to designs of outhouses, and people who wanted to get fancy with it had two-story outhouses. And you'd think that the second story would be a problem for the people sitting in the first story, but apparently they had it designed so that the second was sort of backed up, and it all worked out in some fashion or another. But anyway, so there were, you know, that was a condition that ultimately that changed when people started to have septic tanks. Now you're still not on the city water system, you're outside the city limits, so you have a septic tank. And it's a great big thing that gets dug in your backyard somewhere. And for several years it works pretty well, but one of the problems in southern Indiana had to do with the, the nature of the land, uh, the soil that we've talked about before. There's primarily a lot of hard clay with a lot of rocks. And the septic tanks didn't necessarily keep things all that well in one place and sometimes the stuff would drift over to your neighbors and they would object um, unless they were particularly friendly neighbors but I don't remember people being that friendly uh, where I grew up. The other problem with septic tanks is of course that they tended to have a cover that while it was heavy stone it could get lifted off and so you know it, 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 every now and then somebody would fall in a septic tank and drown um, which had to be maybe one of the toughest ways to go that one could could really imagine. Um, but at any rate, uh, you, you know, we're looking at uh, a, you know, a way of life that ultimately evolved into something better. For me, when I went to college, one of the big advantages was showers. And, uh, and it seems odd to say now to the young people, it wouldn't be the case in southern Indiana anymore, but it was going far back enough to, uh, in, in my own, in my own part of the world. Um, you know, the, <laughs> the, the Halloween tricks uh, often involved nasty things back then. And nevertheless, um, it turned out that uh, very seldom, I think, was anyone actually able to catch someone in the outhouse when they pushed it over or they didn't have the nerve really to, uh, to try it. But it would be a surprise because once you're in that little house, um, you know, the last thing you want is a surprise. And uh, in fact, there's usually not a lot of decoration in there or anything. So nothing that really wants to, you know, causes you want to uh, want to linger. I guess that's that's part of the part of the whole process of it. Um, you know, it's Thanksgiving coming up, and so I happen to notice also um, all the way back in 1910 in the paper for the county seat of Lawrence County in Bedford, um, talking about turkey. And uh, saying that, you know, with the turkey, that you can um, fatten it, of course, on grain and meal with a mixture of chopped nut meats to give it the proper flavor and then kill it a week before you're going to eat it. So now what are you going to do with it? You're going to just hang it in the outhouse where it is kept cold but will not be injured by the frost. 
well, it may not be injured by the frost, but it certainly might be affected by the environment. But that's 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 what it says. Maybe that was a maybe that was a common uh, occurrence. And uh, and finally, just to leave you with uh, this note, it seems like the outhouse tipping problem continued up through the early 60s in my hometown because the last article that I managed to dig up was from 1963 and talked about, you know, the fact that the Halloween kids were up to it again, pushing the outhouses over. After that, outhouses really, they weren't in use, they weren't all torn down. So sometimes as kids, we viewed them as historic sites that we would like to visit and occasionally set fire to. Um, Kids are a lot more well-behaved now, I hope, and uh, don't have as many opportunities to cause this kind of dramatic trouble uh, anyway. Uh, last thing I'm going to have to do with my own kids is sit them down and talk to them about uh, the importance of treating outhouses with respect. So, a few uh, tidbits on an odd topic, maybe, but uh, with Thanksgiving coming up, you know, you want to make sure that, uh, find a better place to hang that turkey if you're going to do this whole thing and put it outside for a week. Um, and uh, if you visit somebody uh, and they happen to have an outhouse and it's still in use, well, try not to make any mention of it and certainly try to keep the kids away from it uh, at the Halloween time period. As always, it's great to talk to you and uh, hope to speak again soon. And stay safe and enjoy a happy holiday.